loves it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Jalen Richard's new contract extension. Of course, we got to address the Brady rumors. And then we touched on this a little bit last time. But we're going to go into the strengths and the weaknesses of the team, which will be a little bit of a preview for the offseason. But first things first, as you guys probably noticed, we took a little brief hiatus. And uh, the reason for that was Jose got the opportunity to cover the Super Bowl for Sports Illustrated, man. So what, how was Miami, man? How was, the, uh, how was covering the big game? Oh, it was it was dope until the Chiefs won. <laughs> so I had to keep my I had to keep my fandom a little bit in check at that game. But um, dude, it was a hell of an experience just getting to be there in another stadium and just being in that atmosphere. It was crazy. It was just it was dominated by Chiefs fans. It was like eighty twenty, man. Right. I mean, just when they were doing their little their little you know the little roar, their little like anthem, whatever they call it, you know yeah. that that thing was like vibrant. I've it was, I've never been in the stadium. <clears throat> I've never been in a stadium that loud before. And I mean, Hard Rock is like kind of is a little enclosed, but it's not like, you know, really so open roof. It's still open roof. But I mean, everything it's, it's trapped enough to make, a, like I said, a vibrant electric feel, which is exactly what it was, because it's funny, like the Niners came out and it was like a nice roar. But when the Chiefs came out, that was like an earthquake. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. The, on paper, it says the Chiefs are the home team and the Niners are the are the road team. And that turned out to be fact but i mean it was fun i got to meet a bunch of people you know from nfl network omar marie's you know we nice. got to hang out to uh with uh your boy q our, our friends over there in black hole <laughs> banner who's just Shout a hilarious guy i love that guy can't wait to hang out with them again so i mean yeah dude just too many to too many to account for but it was just it was just a hell of a time so i mean uh, i was really happy and just felt really lucky that i was even there Dude, I saw the picture you posted on Twitter. The press box looks sweet. Is it like? It's like oh open? no, that wasn't that wasn't even a press box. Oh, so I mean, uh, because they they overcrowd, they allow so many media wow. there that sense. not only is the press box get full, what they do is they take out like one section. They take out one section from the actual stands just for us, and they set it up in a way for like with desks with like a like a like a board. I personally thought was better because it was like cool. I got to actually be out there in the yeah. stands, not in the press box where it kind of muffs, what it kind of like reduces the noise. Um, I got to actually be out there and see everything without the lens of the glass. And I thought it was awesome because you had to like, wow, I got to start the season as a fan. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, I mean, of course I was there on the job. But I mean, I got to be yeah. there just out there, which was awesome, which eventually got a little, got a little bad because it got freezing in the second half. So <laughs> even when I was wearing my jacket, I was cold as hell. But I mean, no, nah, hell no, nah, that was it was it was in the stands, so I mean it was I'd like that better. I wish they did that. I wish every game would do that, especially. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, especially in the warm weather. Except uh, I'm sure when you go go cover in Chicago in the winter, oh, not exactly ideal. Hell no. Yeah, but I do feel like it kind of makes sense that the Chiefs had a little bit a little bit better showing out because I mean one they're closer geographically, and two yeah. like let me be honest, if you can get out of Kansas City and go to Florida <laughs> for a week. Like especially in February, uh, yeah, I'm taking that any day of the week. It's especially not like just any, It's not like any fans and like especially Niner fans, hard of the Bay, right? I mean, yeah, it's expensive as hell. They're not gonna be able to afford going there, tickets and and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, shoot, man, even I'm like hurting a little bit, and I just came back from that trip. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, shoot, it was just it was really discomforting, you know, being a Raiders fan just there, and I was like, yeah. oh god, this this is horrible. This is my <laughs> hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, all right, let's go move on to some Raiders talk. First order of business, we got Jalen Rashard, I believe it was earlier this week, maybe Wednesday or Thursday, I believe, and uh, got that new contract. Looks like he's going to be the number two of the future. So, I mean, initial thoughts, you know, I I had a feeling it was going to come down to, or I have a feeling it's going to come down to Rashard and Washington. I got to feel like this is probably going to be the end for Washington. Uh, I mean, they could still bring him back, but I would think they're going to have to pick between the two. I mean, Richard, I guess the the biggest thing is Gruden wanted his receiving back, and that's what he's getting more uh, in Richard than Washington. But I'm curious, man, what was your thoughts? I know we've been talking a lot about D-Wash all season. Uh, yeah, it was, it was expected. Um, but yeah, pretty much it's kind of like when we alluded to, and I thought that maybe like, oh, maybe one of them, if not both, which I, I doubt it was going to be both, but not, not saying that wouldn't be a possibility that one of them get like a two year, maybe like $4 million deal, which I think Rashard got what two for almost seven. I think it goes, it can max out at seven, I believe. Yeah, something um, like that. Which I thought it was a little funny because I felt like the like the towards the end of the season that DeAndre was getting the favored in terms of role, yeah. especially both cases. So I was like, maybe Rashard's not gonna, you know, maybe he's not gonna yeah. get the love in the off season. So I thought it was okay. Well, it shows that he really does look at him as like a really good, you know, receiver threat, and also because maybe have his special teams value because he can return punts. I mean, I know he has the case of the fumbles, yeah. but I mean, it's the fact that he still has that capability. I guess that factors into it as well. But DeAndre Washington, I mean. Feels like he's a little bit of the better runner in terms of vision. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not vision because sometimes he does, he yeah. does leave a lot of meat on the bone when he's like hitting the holes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't think it's anything to get worked up upon. I just hope that really, like, like I said, that we get to see dual, you know, split backs in, yeah, in the case, sure. you know, in the shotgun, and maybe you have that type of use. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, we're talking about the number two back here, and I mean, you know, hope for Washington's sake. It sounds like from what I was reading that he kind of wants to get a chance to get a bigger role, and I mean, like I was saying, I think oh, you know, okay. with Richard is a uh, with Richard, he just kind of brings something a little bit different when that third down back, and ultimately it was decision. I mean, I think they're still going to try and probably add somebody. I mean, they spent all year what trying out guys like Garrett Blunt to yeah. find that number two back, and I don't think you know, I think Richard doesn't really fit that role as that bruising back that uh, Gruden's been looking for. I mean, definitely not. And I mean, even, even his carries will tell you that with Gruden, but I mean, I, I'm happy for the guy, you know, like you said, contributes on special teams. The biggest thing that I worry about with that end of things is, you know, we, we were talking about it earlier in the year when um, Dwayne Harris went down and it's yeah. like, we had, to, we had to trade for Austin, uh, Trevor Davis. I almost screwed up his name and I didn't know the guy. Uh, but you know, I would have liked to see Richard step up in that situation. Didn't seem like he did. Maybe it wasn't the opportunity, but like you said, as a returner, you can't be fumbling those, and those have been an issue. But I'm happy for the guy. The guy deserves it. Going to have yeah. A, yeah. And I know that there's like people want to be like we we the Raiders want. Why don't they get like a similar running back to Josh Jacobs? And I, I understand that thought process. Personally, me, it's like no, do not get the similar running back. <laughs> get someone maybe who's different. Yeah to throw a different wrinkle into the looks. I mean, yeah, that's just, definitely. that's just me. I just like, you know, like a pitcher, you don't want to have just a fastball and a sinker. You want to have as much as in your arsenal as you can. So the defense definitely. is forced to change up or like keep you guessing. But I mean, I, I can't, I mean, the both cases do work like, Hey, get another player. That's the same as Josh Jacobs. Cause then that way, at least, you know, you don't have to change your offense. And that's one mm-hmm. thing that Gruden does not like to do is change his offense. Yeah. Obviously, what we learned does about not like change. 
So yeah, as, as, like I mean, both cases. See, I do think I'm just more in the preference, like, hey, you know, get a different type of back, because then that way you get in a different style of attacking. Because in the case that you know that type of grounded pound with Jacobs and such isn't working, then at least you have a different point of attack where, hey, this this side of the playbook isn't working. Let's try to use this one and then see if it works out. But I mean, I can understand it. Like, get a player similar to him, so that way you know, a get spell him, keep the keep the keep the motor running, but. I don't know. It's just me. Just give him a different look with a different chains of backs. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And I mean, the beautiful thing is about Jacobs, too, is he kind of does everything well. So <laughs> we'll at least have that. He'll still be the ace in the hole, still be getting the majority of the carry. So, like, again, not too much to be to be worried about either way. No doubt. Yeah. All right. We got to move on to what has been the hottest topic for what feels like basically, I mean, really kind of all year, but it's <laughs> really picked up steam uh, ever since the Patriots lost to the playoffs. And the Tom Brady rumors. Is Tom Brady coming to Vegas, Jose? I feel like Chris is the one that started this. Since the last time he was on this episode, he was the one that yeah, started let's put it. This on Chris. And then a week <laughs> or two later, all of a sudden it starts coming out. I'm like, I texted yeah. him. I was like, dude, what the hell did you start? <laughs> You're big time now. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So, I thought it was funny because we just got done talking about it for a whole hour. But is he coming to Vegas? No, I don't think he's coming to Vegas. I don't think he's leaving New England at all. Is it possible? Of course, it's possible. Yeah. Um, coming to coming to Vegas? No, I don't. I see no way in hell. Why would he go all the way to Vegas, especially and play for the Raiders under John Gruden? I don't think. I mean, not unless they. I don't even feel like even they if they throw him the Brinks truck, that's gonna do enough. I mean, maybe it will. You know, of course, it could always be wrong. But personally, I just don't see him leaving New England, and I don't even see him leaving the East Coast because he's so embedded over there. That's a change he's got to do. I mean. Of course, yeah. he'll have the money. He's like, oh, I'm just going to get a penthouse just to stay here for a couple years and then dip. <laughs> but no, man, I just can't. Why would he leave somewhere just to learn the whole new process and everything? He's already comfortable up there. You know, it's just, of course, we're every everything's going to be talked about because, you know, it's sports media. And look, well, that's what we're yeah. doing right now. Just trying to talk about it because the hypotheticals is fine. It's, it's fun to speculate and just throw a little niche pins out there. And if we get it right, then, hey, look, we got it right. But I mean, <laughs> let's be real. He's not leaving. He's definitely not retiring. We know that. And if he is leaving, it's not going to be the Raiders. So I mean, let's just let's just stop the talk. You know, <laughs> I know maybe some fans are don't like Derek Carr and stuff like that. I know we're a little bit not too fond of him at this point. But I mean, in terms of Brady, is Brady coming? No. And in terms of he's if he's the answer going forward, no, he's not either. He's 42 years old or whatever, <laughs> man. He's, that's that's not what you want. Although it is a perfect Gruden mold, and once again, it just proves yeah. that they loves older people on the offensive side of the ball because he can't wait to develop them. So I mean, it'll be interesting how it plays out. Watch them get burned as always in free agency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Chris actually summed it up pretty well, and I know he's told me this uh, a few times. And I think he said this on the episode when he was on here. I do I do think if Brady wants to be a Raider, he will be a Raider. Mm-hmm. The question is if he wants to. Exactly. But and I was actually talking to him about this, you know, the other day and it's like I just don't see a world where Robert Kraft like lets Brady go. That's like mm-hmm. Brady's or that's like Kraft's son. Yeah. That's like his like that's who made Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft. I mean, Robert Kraft made himself and made his money on his own. But that's who made Robert Kraft like this big time NFL owner. I mean, of mm-hmm. course Bill Belichick had a big part in that too. But I mean, and I mean, I, I do have a hard time believing like that Brady would come. Um, I mean, basically because of that is just I just don't see I don't see a world where Brady isn't a patriot. And maybe that's just because he's been one for so long. Yeah. But I mean, even if he does, like, I don't know, man, I, I, if Brady does become a Raider again, hypothetical. And I think there's maybe a five percent chance of it actually happening. And I'll leave the door open a little bit. Um, but even if he does, like I. 
I honestly worry about it, man. Like I know he's the Super Bowl six-time Super Bowl champion, probably going to go down as a one of the best players of all time, probably going to be top three. Mm-hmm. But like you said, man, he is 43, and father time is undefeated. <laughs> like I think about it of like the Peyton Manning situation. Yeah, you know, exactly. Obviously Pey- yeah, I mean, Peyton obviously had a bunch of good years in Denver, but then there was this dramatic drop-off. His arm just fell off yeah. one year. <laughs> yeah, it just fell off. Exactly. And it's like, I just feel like with the way Brady played this year, I mean, he wasn't anything. He wasn't better than Carr. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a pedestrian year. And I know he probably was missing Gronk a little bit, and that's gonna take that was going to take a bit to adjust. But it ain't like uh, Julian Edelman and Muhammad Sanu are bad weapons. Like, oh, I would yeah. take Ju- I would take that receiving core over the Raiders any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they did have Josh Gordon. Granted, Josh Gordon's got his own little, his own uh, separate issues going on, so I understand that too. But it's like, like I know Brady didn't have, you know, his guy in Gronk, but like, he, it's not like he was devoid of weapons. It's not like they're trotting out guys like, I mean, I love him, but Tyrell Williams with a foot injury as a number one receiver when he's a number two, mm-hmm. and your number two is uh, Hunter Renfro. Like who's a fifth round pick? Love the guy, but like let's be real, it's not exactly like he's a he's a world burner right now or on Julian Edelman's level. So I just I get skeptical, man. It's like if he comes to the Raiders, I'll be hyped because it's Brady and that's yeah. sweet. But uh, it's just I I have a hard time really seeing how that's gonna be that much of an upgrade and really gonna transcend it. Maybe he attracts somebody up, attracts some other free agents and whatnot, but. I don't know. I don't mean to crush your, ho- crush your hopes here, Chris, because I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it's not, I don't really see, yeah, I don't really see Brady as that major of an upgrade at all. I mean, it's yeah. just, maybe maybe he does do have a good year, but in terms of in terms of making this team, like, prominent again, I'm just looking forward. I'm not just being yeah. so short-sighted, which is something that's failing upon John Gruden just being so short-sighted and it's yep. highly annoying like you can't just keep being short-sighted because then that's not going to be able you're not going to be able to establish success for a very long time on a consistent level I mean just look at all the teams right now the Chiefs are doing it with the two teams in the Super Bowl right now then the Niners are doing it right now and all these other teams you know we talk about Brady I mean look at the Patriots there's a reason why that they're so good I mean this you just have to stop being short-sighted, and, and yeah. if you sign Brady, that's a short-sightedness right now. Not to say that Carr is the answer, because actually, you know, once again, yeah. Carr trade rumors up again, which is what we were talking about. Michael Lombardi of The Athletic wrote about um, the Raiders are indeed trying to chop Carr, and actually, now that I have him in front of me, this is exactly from, this is from Michael Lombardi's piece about trading Carr. He says... Carr has trade value, which is why everyone from the Raiders always says beautiful things about his future when speaking publicly, but Carr has no future in Las Vegas, and Gruden will do everything, everything in his power to fix the position. Yeah, that's not so much about... uh, (laughs) Carr stands were probably the shit in the bed when they read that thing. They're like, no, it's not true, and probably searching up Michael Lombardi's history. Does does Lombardi hit the Raiders? You know, (laughs) but I mean, Carr is... I mean, it's just... You, you know, as much as like on the TV, we see everything on the sideline, like it looks like those guys are connected. We really don't know how it's like inside that locker room. You know, sure. I mean, they probably Gruden probably the fact that Gruden started saying a few things in his post game, you know, in his post game comments yeah. about I want a quarterback to rip it, you know, do some scores. It's granted, Gruden, you're not really doing a much a good job to set up car in that position. But yep. the moment he said that, you could tell like this guy has been frustrated with Carr for a little yeah. bit now. And the, yeah, that, I mean, the fact that him 
and Jack Del Rio both said, hey, we dialed up shots. Or did we, for whatever reason, we didn't take it. Yeah. You know, the common denominator is Carr. So, I mean, he, he really isn't the future anymore. I think, I think me and you have pretty much been set on that, that we know who he is. Um, but in terms of answering that or trying to resolve that position, it's it's not it's not Brady at all. But yeah. someone that Lombardi does bring up is Ryan Tannehill. So I mean, I mean, hey, come on, he, Ryan Tannehill did they 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 were on a decline. They were not going to yeah. be us without Tannehill. And people want to say, well, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Well, Derrick Henry was on that team with Mariota. All of a sudden, you take Mariota out, Tannehill. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, I understand he didn't really do anything in the playoffs, but I mean, hey, <laughs> I feel like he is a better player than Carr. I mean, you were at that game where he diced up the Raiders defense. Oh, yeah. Everyone dices up the Raiders defense. <laughs> One player showed up, the other didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing I took away from Lombardi's uh, uh, article there is it, it's basically saying that the only reason why we're, the Gruden and or maybe not the only reason, but the biggest reason why they're talking up Carr still is to, so they don't kill his trade value, which, yeah. which makes a ton of sense. You know, as far as Tannehill goes, I just get so worried about the one-year wonder, man. Like <laughs> I, I, it was I. He didn't. He wasn't terrible in Miami. I do think a lot of the situation was bad around him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who are we saying that about somebody else? You know. And uh, I just, I, it, you're gonna. I'd have a hard time being sold on throwing money at Tannehill, especially when if you get rid of Carr, you're still going to have a, a decent amount of change on the hook for him. I think now after the the certain date, it's like about up to $8 million in dead cap. And it's just like, I, I mean, I get it. Like Tannehill had a hell of a year. Like I said, in the, I said this on this podcast and the, during the playoffs is he wasn't necessarily putting up the stats, but he was making the four or five plays that they needed him to make. Yeah. And ultimately that's all you can do. And I mean, if you think about it, you know, Derrick Henry was the the focal point of their offense. Well, I mean, it's pretty clear that John Gruden wants to make Josh Jacobs the focal point of this offense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so I can see it from that end. But I mean, again, well, like we, we did talk about it after that Titans game about these. They, they were two similar teams, except the Titans actually have a good defense and they had a quarterback who was able to deliver. Yeah. Um, that's exactly yeah. how Gruden wants to be that team. He wants to he, he ideally wants the defense to be great. And then just force feed Josh Jacobs, which the running attack is good. And he just needs a quarterback to make those four to five moments, those four yeah. to five drives a game. And then you're straight. Tannehill is that guy. Derek Carr is not. And Derek, well, Derek Carr is capable of it here and there, but he's not someone you want to rely upon too much. And at least Tannehill did it and did it in playoff football. I mean, I know like yeah. he only dropped back like what, like 11 times or something yeah. like that total in two games. Oh, no, yeah, that's not. Lines were hilarious. That's not. Yeah, they were hilarious. But I mean, even in one of those games, like against the Ravens, he made prime time throws yeah, when he needed he to. And the game wasn't even clear, clear for them to take off yet. So, I mean. Point is, he made those throws. That's exactly the type of offense that Gruden wants. And so I'm sure he's looking at that like, hey, that's the offense I have. One guy made the throws. The other guy didn't. Let me go yeah. get that guy while I draft someone in the weight, in the wings. Because I think we're pretty much all in agreement that there's going to be some quarterback drafted at some point in the draft. You know, I feel like at, at this yeah. point, Gruden needs to have his hands on. This is third or not his third. No, yes, this is, yeah. this is going to be his third draft. So, I mean. He needs to have his hands on a quarterback now as someone he's going to groom. And especially like what Lombardi says and everything, you know, here on this rumors about the Raiders are in the market, then the draft is going to be something to look at. But Tannehill, I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to say Tannehill's the future. 
and I'm not trying to advocate that the Raiders need to get him, but in terms of what he said in, in retrospect for the article, he would be a little bit of an upgrade from Carr. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing that the line that stands out to me on uh, Lombardi's article is that Tannehill would give Gruden the athlete he covets at the position. Yep. You know, we heard about uh, Gruden talk about it in his press conference where he's like, we'd like to have those unscripted plays. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, Carr the last few years, especially after, you know, breaking his leg in 2016, he just hasn't been able to show that. So, I mean, I think that's would be the biggest upgrade between the two is I think Tannehill can do those unscripted plays that um, Carr hasn't been able to do. I mean, you know, who knows, but. I, I would get very skeptical of giving Tannehill what will probably be about 20, let's say 27 to $30 million a year and moving on from Carr to basically for a guy that was benched the year before and the guy that was signed to Tan- Tennessee to be the backup. Granted, uh, Mariota ended up uh, ended up uh, making sure that Tannehill was a starter, but I, I, it'd be a, that'd be a hard sell for me. I don't I don't know. No, um, yeah, I mean, just like how we, how I said, I, just, I don't see, I don't yeah. see Brady leaving. I don't, I don't think Tannehill's gonna leave Tennessee. He's, yeah, he likes that true. situation. I mean, he has to be. The motion still had to be kind of raw with him, from having such a success story that year. You know, pretty much he was gonna be a dead end backup, or even ran out of the league at some point. And I think that's why he won comeback of the year because, like, it literally was like, hey, you were the top coveted i mean not a top coveted quarterback, but you were a top draft pick at some point. Supposed to be a franchise quarterback. Now you're at the bottom. I mean. I know people wanted someone to be like an injury type of thing, but I think that's what happened. Um, as for Mariota, I believe he's a free agent, so maybe the Raiders look at him. I mean, I don't <laughs> want the Raiders to look at him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying Tannehill would have been the future for the Raiders had he been able to walk. I was thinking more of like a stopgap because, once again, the point is I think the ultimate answer is going to have to be in the draft. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, with – with uh, Mariota, you know, being a Ducks fan, I'd be I'd be hyped, but I don't <laughs> get the. Uh, I mean, like like we're saying, he got ran out of Tennessee, and I mean, kind of like how we're talking about with Brady uh, not leaving uh, New England. I don't really know why Tannehill would leave Nashville after mm-hmm. having such a good year, and I don't know why Tennessee would give him up after he basically turned around your entire season. Like it, it seems like that's just too marriage just makes too much sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Mike Vrabel's thinking. I don't even know who the Titans GM is, but I, I would, I would be very shocked if they were like, yeah, yeah, you took us to the AFC championship, but uh, we, we think we can do better after they proved that they couldn't with Marietta. And the thing is not like big time. And I'm not trying to say Brian Tannehill is big time, but I mean, for considering what, how quarterbacks rarely hit free agency and rarely switch teams like that, that, Essentially, Ryan Tannehill is a big time free agent. He's going to be yeah. propped up higher than like people think he is, just because like, hey, whoa, a quarterback, a playoff quarterback who did yeah. good last season is on the market. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. So I mean, we also got to remember that that team, not many quarterbacks switch teams like that. A good amount yeah. of the time is just trade or what they're at the later point in stages of their career. So I mean, even Brady. But, you know, it's just it doesn't happen often. It's a very rare thing for it to happen. And free agency, answering a quarterback position in free agency is never an ideal route. I mean, look at the yeah. Vikings. I thought Kirk Cousins is the future. And <laughs> that's terrible. Now they're already in the third and final year of their deal, which I'm sure they're so excited to get rid of once the season's over. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think the point in the case remains that Raiders do definitely need to upgrade a quarterback. Um, it's going to take a while for that defense to finally come together. I know the apron's getting back. You know, you hope those young pieces take the next step. But I mean, quarterback definitely is a weakness in this team. But I mean, if it's, if, if quarterback doesn't take that major leap 
And if we're trying to look somewhere else, Matt, where, where else are we thinking about was a, was a major weakness that we saw in 2019? I mean, I know we saw the defense, you know, Gunther and everything was very bad at some points. Um, it's just, what were we thinking about? What's a major hole, major weakness that the Raiders have that they need to elevate in the offseason? Well, you kind of stole it from me. I was just going to go with the cop out and just say defense. <laughs> Because, you know, I, you know, when I look at this defense, take the, take the tooth comb, take the fine tooth comb, take the fine tooth comb. Is it a player? Is it a group or is it a coach? Uh, well, I mean, the coach that I, that I thought was the best out of the defensive group was, uh, is gone now, but we'll, we'll talk about that for another day. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, I think, I think the biggest, you know, the biggest need per se would be linebacker i think that whole group needs a facelift the only guy that i'd probably bring back are they gonna finally draft one are they going to finally draft a linebacker so here's the thing i've been doing my draft research and if isaiah simmons is not there at 12 i don't i mean i've been tweeting about a zach bond the last few days maybe at 19 but this linebacker class is not very great after Isaiah Simmons. I mean, yeah. I'm not a big believer in Kenneth Murray. I don't like Patrick McQueen at all. I like Bond better than both of those guys right now. And I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I think as far as a draft need goes, you know, I think if you're going to look to upgrade the linebacker position, you got to do it in free agency first. I like the free agent class and linebackers, but as far as drafting one goes, you know, as far as the draft goes, um, you know, my biggest takeaway be at 12, take the best defensive player on the board, whether that's a pass rusher, whether that's a DB, whether that's a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Somehow Isaiah Simmons falls to 12, which I don't think will happen. I think it's a you you sprint to the podium with that postcard and uh, and turn that pick in. But I mean, ultimately, for me, I think, you know, if the Raiders are going to be the first step in improving their defense and improving this team overall is to go over. I know I talked about it in just blog baby earlier this week um, or last week which is go go after one of three guys. One would be Corey Littleton. The problem with him is just about every team that needs a linebacker is going to be mm-hmm. going after Corey Littleton, and he's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. And then there's Joe Sherbert, who'd probably be my second guy. Um, you know, he'll probably be, you know, I think I said he'll probably be like the silver medal of this class. I think that's a he's a great upgrade for them, especially in coverage. And then the last guy would actually be kind of a guy that I've liked for a while coming out of Stanford would be Blake Martinez and from the Packers. And Martinez is a guy who, out of those three, I think probably would be the most complete linebacker. But, you know, I was reading on PFF about him, and they were basically saying Martinez is the weirdest case we can make because he's just never been able to put it together. He's had two years where he's had really good run defense and kind of poor coverage, and then two years where he's had good coverage and poor run defense. You know, out of the three, I think he's going to be the cheapest and probably the biggest bargain. Um, you know, I also think because he's better against the run, because Sherbert and Littleton are a little bit of liabilities against the run, you know, that's probably a happy meet. Or Martinez would probably be a happy medium for Paul Gunther, who loves to stop the run. So I think one of those three guys, you know, they got to make a hard push on him. You know, probably going to have to open up the checkbook, especially for uh, especially for Littleton. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. What are you thinking, man? You know, I haven't. You talking about draft prospects reminds me like I need to start looking <laughs> at that again and researching it. But I don't usually start doing that until March because okay. I feel like now everything gets too speculative and not all the information is out there. Um, no, definitely linebacker is a major weakness, and I would agree with that. However, I think I'm not going to comb through the personnel or even anyone on the squad in terms of the Raider as a major weakness on the team. I think the major critical weakness on the Raiders it starts with John Gruden. In terms of him Ooh. being irrational all time, and like I said, short-sighted, mm-hmm. and until he's able to actually like get over himself and stop being so stubborn and 
so ego driven, then this team will really start to then the hinge then the the hinges on the door will finally come off and the Raiders can finally see their full potential because so many times, even during the season, we're trading for Trevor Davis, trading for Zay Jones, just so yep. just wants to do all these things and it's like just let Radical. Mayock give him the power at this point, which is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to do that. Hell no. He you think he's gonna. The one that the one time he's probably gonna see a player that Mayock takes that he doesn't like, he's gonna get pissed. Of that, it's it's literally that black and white, and it's very frustrating because it's like, okay, you hired this guy for a reason. He's yep. and this is why I'm saying when I first thought that when they when he first hired Mayock a year ago that he was just a poster child. I mean, <laughs> he's proving me wrong because Mayock does have more hands on and actually has a little pull, but I mean, in terms of Mayock actually having like any real authority, it's not there. It's fabricated. It's all it's all just masks by whatever they're trying to feed us. And fans really need to realize, hey, this is still a Gruden show, guys. Everything runs through him. I mean, you think Mayock wanted Vontaze perfect? No. You think he <laughs> wanted to trade for Antonio Brown? No. That was all Gruden. And I know some people want to be like, well, Gruden, well look, Mayock was one of those facilitating the deal. Yeah, just because you're facilitating the deal doesn't mean you wanted to do it. That's part of his job. So, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping somehow, some way, he has a little more pull with the draft um i understand he definitely that's probably where he has his most influence you know drafting yeah. all those clemson guys being winners and i'm pretty sure that really rubbed off on gruden heavily um i just really wonder if mayock really would have taken Farrell at number four if he was actually had the full power but we'll never know yeah um i just that, that's the major weakness it's gruden man and even yeah. it doesn't even stop start with it doesn't, it doesn't even stop with his authority and how he handles the team it's how he calls games. I mean, yeah. First, the, the, the season was like a sandwich. Like it started off like it started off where hey, he was horrible as a play caller after the first quarter. Then in the middle of the season, okay, now in the middle, all of a sudden, he's able to actually put some things together. Then towards the end, all right, now he's back to just being nothing. <laughs> and and soon as he can finally realize like hey, this league is about adapting and building a good variety of pl- a variety of plays that can actually put a defense on its heels, then he'll actually get it to come together. I mean, we just saw the Super Bowl, two masterminds playing, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, dude, look at all these yeah. play calling, look at the variety, the switch routes, the motions, the f- shifts, the, oh my God, dude, the RPOs, it was insane, and yeah. this guy doesn't do any of that, and I mean, it's, it's, it's just adapt, and just like, really, you just can't, you just can't really just have a stubborn mind, because stubborn minds, I mean, look, there's a bunch of franchises yep. who can never rise from the ashes and right now i mean understand the raiders are seven and nine or t- and i'm talking like they're like three and 13 but <laughs> let's, let's not act like those seven and nines w- w- were easy that easy could have been the other way around where they could have yeah. been just like four and 12 because of all the close wins so i mean it, it's 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 a long way and i just it's it's just hard to see this team really ascending and sustaining dominance because of him and yeah it's really that's how that's how much it's going to be if they're going to have to hit a home run other players that it's going to be a big part about them yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because honestly, like the last few weeks, I kind of been thinking like I trust Mike Mayock a lot more than I trust John Gruden right now. I mean, you're he's talking about it. He's not. Yeah. I mean, well, he no. keeps trying to think these projects. I mean, the reason why you got your McGloin jersey is because I told you <laughs> he, he wants. I mean, Nathan Pete. I think that was because I was watching XFL a little bit. This <laughs> um. No, the reason why you got that Nate Pete jersey is because what would we talk about? Hey, I think he's going to keep three quarterbacks because he wants to be known as someone who, who who brought him up. He wants to be known as someone who, hey, I saved this guy's career. I'm a quarterback guru. I'm the shit. Which, you know, you do have to have that mentality in any sport. Yeah. But come on, in some way, you can't just keep 
keep being masked by your emotions. You have to wake up and smell with the roses, smell the coffee, man. You can't just keep getting sucked into this and think you can change, you can turn water into wine. It's not reality. So I mean, it's it's, it's that thing. That's a perfect point of why it's frustrating, and it's just I don't think it's ever gonna change. You know, you can't teach old dogs new tricks, and this guy Gruden is just an old dog. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about it while you're talking about it. You know, I feel like one of the biggest knocks on Jack Del Rio was he was a defensive minded head co- or a defensive minded coach, and the defense was still terrible, giving up you know 26 points a game. Well, Gruden is an offensive minded coach, and they just put up 19 points a game. And we That's saw all season how he failed to make adjustments. You know, they that was the it was like clockwork. Get up in the first half, then we get to this conservative ultra turtle offense, and then get blown off the doors. I mean, it was it was rough, like. Like right now, like as much I had a lot of optimism when he came back, you know, I think like a lot of fans did. And then, you know, as the years have gone on, I'm getting a little bit more skeptical and it's like getting a little more worrisome. But, you know, like you said, hopefully, uh, hopefully Mayock can be that steadying presence and uh, talk some reason to him in. But it's harder when uh, when you're a rookie GM and well, now we'll be in the second year. And, you know, the guy across the table has a, has a 10 year deal for 100 million dollars. And you the guy know, who hired the owner. you too. yeah, the guy who hired you and gave you your spot. Yeah. And you know, the owner has a fat crush on Gruden and mm-hmm. you know, Mark David, Mark David. I mean, Jack Del Rio was talking about it a couple months ago when Jack Del Rio signed his extension. Mark Davis basically told him, this is great, but if I get a chance at John Gruden, you're out of here. And yeah. I mean, like, that's how much Mark Davis loves him. And I mean, if you're, if you're Mike Mayock, you know, hopefully, you know, not to say that he doesn't have, you know, the guts to stand up to him, but that makes it hard to stand up to a guy when your job security is relying on keeping him happy. And you know who the owner is going to side with, you know, who the guy signing your checks is going to set pick at the end of the day, if things go wrong. And we just talked about like, Hey, Tom Brady's Robert Kraft's son. Well, what do you think Mark did? I think (laughs) Tom Gruden's more of a son to Mark Davis than, you know, the, the reverse. Uh, It's, (laughs) it's, it's crazy ass situation, but no man. Yeah. It's all starts with Gruden. He needs to figure it out. And it, there's no excuses. The offense needs to be a top offense. All the money's tied into that side of the yep. ball from the offensive line to the quarterback and to him. And they can't get it together. And especially since he does all the moves and personnel additions and everything on that side of the ball, you yep. need to get it together. As much as the defense needs to pick it up, we know that. But, hey, the point of the situation is it starts with offense. That's the way they're built. You have an offensive-minded coach. Figure it out. That's where the money is tied into there's yeah. no excuses in 2020, especially in your debut season, debut season in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, those opposing fans are going to have a fun time just roaring your team out of the stadium if your team is shit. Yeah. Yeah, you got to put on a winner out there, especially your one. It's going to be huge. All right, that's, a, that's all we got for you guys this week. Jose, where can the good people find you? Jay Sanchez, SI. Get at me, people. All right, and you can follow the pod if you're not already at at SweepFly. Follow me at mholder95. Of course, give us those five-star reviews whenever you get a chance. Other than that, until next week. Hey, loves it.